Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. I'd like to invite you to join me for a pilgrimage tour to France this September. It's based on my book, St. Benedict and St. Therese, The Little Rule and the Little Way. I'll be teaching about the spiritualities and the lives of these two great saints, and we'll be visiting the great monastery of Fleury, where St. Benedict's relics are venerated, and of course going to Lisieux to visit the childhood home of St. Therese, the Carmel where she was a nun, and the great basilica dedicated to her honor. But there's more than that. At Paris, we'll be visiting the Basilica of Sacré-Cœur, Rue de Bac with the Miraculous Medal, going on to Vézelay, Nevers with St. Bernadette, paris le Monial, where the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus was given to St. Margaret Mary, and then Chartres Cathedral, Mont Saint-Michel, the Normandy beaches, and more. I think there's not only going to be time for instruction and learning, but also prayer and worship, celebrating Mass in the various locations, and also time for fellowship and a good bit of French food and wine, too. Come and join us this September. If you'd like to know more, go to catholicheritagetours.com. That's catholicheritagetours.com, or be in touch with me through my website, twightlongenecker.com. Introducing the redesigned catholicsingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used catholicsingles.com, and the reimagined catholicsingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, catholicsingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. Welcome to the Champions Podcast with your hosts, Mike Rubin and Coach Phil. The podcast where we share stories of faith being activated through sports. Welcome to episode number six of the Champions Podcast. Alongside Coach Phil Albert, I'm Mike Rubin, and we are so excited that you've joined us today. Coach, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great, Mike. Uh, always a pleasure to be with you and look forward to our guest and all that God's going to do in this interview. It is exciting, and if this is your first time tuning into the Champions Podcast, we're so excited you're joining us. It's our goal to interview college, professional, and former professional athletes and coaches who will share their faith journey with us. We're extremely excited about today's podcast. Coach, we're tapping into your old stomping ground, a Towson University alum, and last year's third-round draft pick to the Cleveland Indians, Richie Palacios. Richie's a second baseman who last year saw time in three different organiza- three different levels of the Indians organization. Well, it's exciting, you know. Towson always had a real competitive baseball program. I don't know that too many people uh, are aware of that. You know, I think when you think of Towson University Athletics, you think of uh, football, you think of uh, lacrosse uh, more so than uh, baseball. But really, over the years, uh, Mike Godley uh, did a great job as a coach there. Before him, uh, Billy Hunter actually was the baseball coach at Towson, the former, uh, I think the uh, what was it the New York uh, the Texas Rangers uh, head coach and uh, third base coach for the Orioles for a lot of years. But uh, so they've had some good uh, history in baseball at Towson, and it's exciting to uh, talk to one of uh, you know Towson's alum here and all that he's doing with the Indians. 
Absolutely. And for those of you that don't know, maybe this is your first time listening, but Coach is in the Towson University uh, Athletic Hall of Fame um, for his long career uh, at the helm of the football program there. And Coach Baseball is in in the Richie's blood. It's in his family's blood, Coach. Richie's father reached Triple A with the Detroit Tigers. His uncle played for the Kansas City Royals, and his brother Josh is a center fielder in the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Wow, that's exciting. And, uh, you know, that's uh, a lot of times that works in families where you, you see military families or athletic families. I saw in the draft, actually the football draft recently, where there was a number of uh, the, the, the Boza family, for example, was one. There was a couple families that had the father, the uncle, two sons, what have you. So that's exciting. Absolutely. Well, we're excited for you to listen to this interview. And here it is. Richie, welcome. We're so glad to have you on today. I'm so excited for this podcast. I'm excited to dig into your story and let our listeners hear more about your faith journey. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. We trust that God is going to do amazing things with your story and that those who listen will be impacted by your faith journey and also inspired by how you use the platform that God's giving you. Uh, So if it's okay with you, we're going to open up our podcast in prayer. Uh, Coach, will you lead us? Yeah, no question. It's always good to be with uh, Richie here today, be together. You know, there's no distance in the Lord. So the Bible teaches us when two or more gather in his name, that he'd be there with us. So we count it a privilege to be in the presence of God. And I just trust, Lord, that all we say and do today will honor you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So let's jump right in. All right. First of all, uh, Richie, the majority of people will never experience hearing their name called in a draft. So just kind of walk us through that moment. Obviously, being a third-round draft pick, you've got an idea your name's going to be called. It's just a matter of when. So just kind of take us through that experience. Let us know what it felt like. Um, yeah, I mean, it was the second time pretty much our family was going through it. So after going through it, my brother, like my brother told me, like, don't expect like too much because draft day is like really crazy. So, like, you can be expecting to get picked really early, and it doesn't pan out. So, we just, like, I didn't want to throw a party or anything. Just had the family there. Um, Obviously, I was, like, reading my Bible the same day and obviously the days before, just praying that, not even that I would get drafted high, but I was just praying that God would put me in the best opportunity possible for me to succeed. And, um, obviously, I feel like that came into fruition. Um, When my name got called, I was super excited um like super duper excited uh, my family was going crazy like people were crying and like I was just like so like ready to just like start my professional journey and this is the thing I've wanted to do since I was a kid so it was like so awesome to finally be um in the present and be able to finally just take it on myself that's amazing so at what point did you realize hey I have the potential to play at the next level um, I mean, since I was a kid, I always wanted to. I didn't know um, when exactly, but I feel like when I got to uh, when I got to college, I feel like um, after like our first first year, I did extremely well. Like the talk started to come, and everyone was like, "Yo, like you have a really, really good chance to play professional baseball." And that's always been my goal. So I guess I was a little bit even more motivation to work harder than I've already been working, and to focus more and not get distracted. So I could one day that opportunity could finally come into fruition. And so you were not drafted out of high school, correct? 
No, I was not. I was not even scouted that much out of high school, uh, professionally, for sure. And so, what do you feel like from that transition from your senior year of high school to your freshman year of college? Where, what was that big transformation for you that you think allowed you to have that jump to the next thing you know? Scouts are are looking at you. Um, one, I guess, one thing that helped me, I guess, was like my physical appearance. Like it's getting a lot bigger, a lot stronger. Um, to pass like the eye test um, from evaluators. I feel like that helped me a lot um, when I went away to college. And then, um, yeah, I mean, just honing in on my skills. I had a lot, I guess, a lot more time. I'm on my own, more time management. So um, I was pretty much on my own schedule um, as long as like my school schedule, my baseball schedule. But like in the long run, I feel like what really helped me, not in my freshman year, but like my sophomore, junior year especially, is like um, – like, my family, we're really, like, religious, we're Christians, and, like, we go to church together and all that stuff, but I felt like when I went away, like, I was able to even form my own, like, completely own relationship with God that didn't have to do with my family or my friends or my church, but it was, like, just me and him, and I felt like through that, I felt like um, talking to him and praying to him and, and, like, learning what choices to make and what choices not to make, I feel like that has helped me more than anything physically or mentally in my in my journey that's awesome and i want to press into that some if we can what what propelled that what kind of got that started because the reality is is you know um, a lot of college kids that's where the temptation really becomes real you know now the family's not there and there's really nobody holding your hand and walking you through the process and so that's typically the time where people, you know, unfortunately run further from God. So what was it that you think as you reflect back that pulled you towards him? Um, I mean, one, I feel like, well, I feel like since being like raised in church and stuff, like when I went away, like I knew for one, like I needed to keep up like my relationship and keep up like my rituals and stuff that I do and like reading the Bible and like going to church. Like I knew I had to do that. But, like, I feel what, like, really helped me, I mean, I feel like when I got to the point where, like, I had done everything possible, like, humanly possible, like, on my own, and, like, sometimes things weren't working out, like, I knew that the reason for that was because there was the spiritual need that I needed to fulfill what I wanted, and it wasn't just, oh, I have to do this all on my own, but, like, I did everything possible, and something didn't pan out I knew that all right like I need to like do what I can do but also let God do what he can do and he can do a lot more than we can so I feel like through that and like through ups and downs and seasons like um through injuries and all that stuff I feel like that's helped me even more um like commit myself um in my trials to God himself and and him alone that's awesome that's awesome. So how did you navigate through those college years? You know, there's a lot of temptation, um, you know, especially just being a college student, but then you throw in being a student athlete. You know, we always say student athletes typically are the most popular people on campus and, you know, you're more known than most people. And so those, man, the accessibility uh, to stray from what God's called, the way God's calling us to live is so it's right there, man. It's It's at our fingertips. And so, how did you navigate those? What kind of boundaries did you set up? Because of the reality, Richie, is that a lot of our listeners are high school and college student athletes. And so what 
you're talking about is what they're in the process of navigating through. And some of them are really struggling. And so what were some of the things that you can kind of share that, man, this is what you did. You found it beneficial. And so maybe they can apply it to their situation. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of that stuff hasn't came like straight from like my mind and my heart. Like I feel like a lot of it has came from like my father and especially like my brother because he has gone, he's two years older than me. So he's always one step ahead of me. And when he was in college and I was in high school, like that's what I was looking up to him. And he was telling me what to expect. And he was telling me what guys are doing and how to like stray away from the distractions and how to like maneuver through the things like without getting in trouble and stuff. So he always was feeding that to me. And then when I got to college, he became a professional. So then he was telling me, like, all right, this is the stuff that's going on here. This is stuff that I went through in college. And, like, this is how you're going to have to deal with it if you want to get to love I am because this is what I did. So, like, he's like, there's no handouts. We always believe that there's no handouts. Like, no one just gives you anything. But you have to, like, work extremely hard. Like, if you want to be a professional athlete, like, he would always tell me, like, then you're not going to be able to just party whenever you want. And you're not going to be able to do a lot of the things that other other kids do because they don't have a, a path that that you're looking to to overcome so having him like just feeding advice into me like all the time has helped me a lot I feel like with making decisions and always just having the back of my like I know like if if I do something wrong like this is not going to help my career this is only going to hurt it so if I truly want to be a professional baseball player and I truly want to accomplish that there's no way I can let the things around me ever affect me in a negative way that's good that's incredible focus, man. And it seems like one, you and your brother are incredibly close and it seems like that relationship, the relationship has just been so invaluable to getting you where you are today. So was it important for you to give back to younger people like that, like to find others to invest in? And I mean, you know, at, at the Towson program, were there other kids that, you know, teammates that were believers that you just kind of took under your wing and you know help them navigate their faith journey yeah i mean for sure i mean that's why i stepped up in the last two years um with uh fca the fellowship of christian athletes and um i didn't go my freshman year honestly i didn't even hear about it. i didn't know where it was but my last two years i felt like i stepped up and which helped me in my faith journey with myself and connecting with god but also like reaching other people and, like, showing them the things that, like, the relationship I have with God and the things that have helped me. Not that I'm, like, a poster boy or anything, but, like, <clears throat> for the younger guys that were trying to get to the level that I'm at, like, being able to pour into them and say, this is the things we've done, and this is how it's helped me in my journey. And what I felt also helped me in my last year was um, our new coach, Coach Steiner, he, we would run Bible studies together every Tuesday. And he played professional baseball as well. And he would pour his stories out and and the things that happened to him positively and negatively and would preach to all the guys that would come to lunch or dinner or whatever it was. And he would show us, like, these are the things that helped me in my faith journey, overcome the distractions, overcome these things. So it helped all the guys around us, like, build our relationship where we always were there for each other when we need help. And... Like, no one was going through anything alone. No one was walking through, like, the pathways alone. But we had, we knew we had each other when people were trying to distract us or things weren't going right or we weren't feeling good about our relationship with God or 
our play or our schoolwork, but we knew we always had each other. So now I, I feel like that's my, I feel like that's always been like my prophecy is to just pour into the kids younger than me, show them the things that I've done that have made me successful um, and the things I continue to do to try and get to the level that I want to be at. I mean, that sounds priceless. You know what I mean? That sounds priceless when you're getting that from a coach, you know, and, you know, I, I don't know if we had talked about this, but I'm an area rep for FCA. And so I'm an area rep up in uh, Hanover, Pennsylvania. And so it's really cool. Uh, we didn't prompt that out of you to start talking about FCA, but to just give, give that plug of, of <laughs> FCA. And just, you know, so not, not uh, talking about any specific coach or anything like that, you know, but can you just talk about the difference of playing for a coach who is a believer and is coming at it from that mindset and playing, you know, as opposed to when you played for coaches that weren't necessarily believers. What was that culture like? Um, yeah, that culture was, was, I mean, I feel like it was extremely different. I mean, like having a coach that's a believer, like, I mean, not, I feel like you're going to get the whole, like you're always going to get the full him, the whole truth. And you're going to be, I feel like just having more of a positive, like positive mentality when it comes to things, because I know as like, I feel like as believers, like we always don't look at like all the negative stuff. Like, yeah, we may be struggling or we may not be doing well, but like we have to look at the positive things that God has like woke us up this morning. Like God has like allowed us to be physically healthy and mentally healthy to play a game each and every day, no matter what the outcome is. And like things like that, um, from the believer side help like I feel like help mold the guys that are on the team and help help change our mentalities to where we're looking at it as a gift that we get to step on the field even if we aren't doing well rather than looking at it as taking it for granted and like oh we're losing like this sucks like baseball sucks but like just having that that positive mentality I feel like goes a long way and and it helps like the relationships between us teammates with each other and with the coaches just so much more healthy. Well, it's no question. It's so good to hear that, uh, you know, Richie, that, you know, I know as a Christian coach for so many years, see, again, the difference between coaching from a believer's perspective and you're using the the Bible as the handbook, we have so many positive things there that the Lord's talked about, the Apostle Paul talked about. And so we're creating that atmosphere. That's I know as a Christian coach, that was my uh, you know, my motivation to come out every day and create the atmosphere and speak into your life generally. Just talk about the positive things about what God is saying without using, for example, the scripture, well, the apostle Paul says in Romans or, you know, Peter says this, you're just, he just quoting or saying things that are going to inspire or motivate the team in a general way, rather than a coach who's always looking at the cup half full you're looking at, or half empty, you're looking at the cup half full, regardless of what's going on on the scoreboard. And uh, that makes all the difference in the world. You, you never lose your locker room that way uh, because yeah. you're always talking about something positive. If you lose, it's a setback to spring forward. If we win, we're going to continue to build on that and give glory to God. So it, it's, uh, it does make a tremendous difference playing for a believer or, uh, or not. So, I appreciate your perspective, and uh, I know for in, in my career, uh, and if you talk to guys who played for me over the years, you know most guys would say, "Well, Coach Albert is always so positive," you know, or this or that. 
enthusiastic, but that all came from my heart and that all came from what God was saying. And I saw my responsibility to speak into you. So it's great to hear that refreshing comment that you just made. Yeah, spot on. That's literally spot on. It's such it's such a difference. And every day it's such a difference and a blessing. And it sounds like the Towson baseball program is in good hands. So now we're drafted, we're we're in the Cleveland Indians organization, and now baseball is our career. How have you how has your faith, how have you used, like, navigated your professional career um, with your faith? Obviously, last year you have an incredibly successful campaign. You, you find yourself going through, advancing through three different levels of the Indians organization. And you're riding the highest of highs. I mean, before we get into to this year, let's just kind of talk about last year. What was that immediate success like? Um. Yeah, I mean, with my work ethic, I feel like, and... And just like, I don't know, I just feel my work ethic, like, I don't always expect to do extremely well, but I expect to succeed. And I always feel like because of the work that I'm putting in and I feel like all that stuff will turn out. So I guess it wasn't a surprise to me, but it was like, like a stamp of like, okay, the things you're doing and the, the lot, not letting distractions like get to you. And like the way you're approaching this is like spot on. And I saw that throughout the success of my season I feel like going back to like the positivity like that I feel like that's helped me the most is like because I know some guys in the minors like I see them like every day it's like they we have long bus trips and like our games are long and then like a lot of guys take it negatively like they complaining like oh we have to do this and we have to do that but I feel like me just being fresh and like open and like all right we have a bus trip but like yes I get to play baseball for the next four or five months straight and like I can enjoy this as my career because this is what I wanted and like having that positive mentality I feel like has helped me not has helped me stay mentally strong throughout the ups and lows and I feel like that's helped me the most throughout the season and the other thing I feel like has helped me is I mean ever since I got to college like um just really literally reading my bible like each and every day like before games and like at night and I feel like I literally feel off when I, like, if I were to forget or something were to happen, I wouldn't be able to read my Bible, like, before the game because I, I feel like that gives me the best perspective on life. And, like, here looking at, at the Word of God and seeing how um, I can use that in my life and not only to make me successful but to help the people around me and to build relationships where they can even build relationships with God and being able to preach to them and just breathe positivity into them um, cause that's what some people need. So I felt like those two things have helped me, um, in the last season the most. And was that discipline of getting in the word? Um, w- was that something modeled to you growing up or is that something that just as you've grown, as your relationship with the Lord has grown, it's just, man, you've just been so hungry that you feel, uh, you know, unquenched when you don't get in the word. Uh, it's something that I've grown up with. But um, like I said, like being on my own and like being able to like truly like feel that relationship with God on my own and using all the stuff that my parents have taught me since I was younger, like and then being able to apply that um, to with me and the people around me. Like, I feel like that that is like so much stronger and being able to like literally be hungry for the word and like not being able to not read it, which is like 
I feel it was the best thing once I got that habit in. Like, I know that, like, I can read the Bible, like, every day. And I, if I don't, like, I know something's wrong and, and I know that I need to fix it. That's very good. That's very good. And, you know, it's easy for us when things are going great, man. You know, a, a lot of people, our relationship with God is better. It's just, you know, it's just we're, we're, we're living in the great, you know. And then this year, even, there's all this talk about, man, you know, you're one of the top prospects in the Indians organization. What's the future hold? You're getting ready to start the season. And then all of a sudden you suffer this setback and you have a labrum injury. And now you're on the shelf. And, you know, how, how have you navigated that? How have you leaned into the Lord in this season uh, just to kind of cling to him and his truths despite the obstacles you're facing physically and on the field? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is by far, like, the biggest obstacle I've ever faced, like, in my entire life. I mean, at least on the on the baseball side of it. And, like, I've never really had an injury that would that held me back out for, like, I guess more than, like, maybe a couple weeks or a month during the season. But I feel like the thing that's helped me so much is knowing that, like, I'm not alone first in this in this path. Um, I'm not alone in what I'm doing. Like, I have God, I have the Holy Spirit, I got Jesus that are by my side. But the other thing is, like, it helps me not make myself go crazy. And, like, with my injury, like, if I'm not thinking about, like, there's a higher power and that, this is part of my plan. Like I can make myself go crazy on how, if I didn't do this, maybe I wouldn't have got injured. If I didn't swing this day, or if I didn't do this, or how should I have gone to a different person to check it out? Like all this stuff, I can make myself go crazy, but rather I feel like, okay, well, this is what God has set me um, for me to happen. And, and maybe God wants me to learn to this and like develop other skills and stuff. Um, and have more time to, to work on my skill because maybe I wasn't ready at the time and maybe I'm just going to need this time to develop even more and take this as a positive on why I'm pretty much why this happened and not make myself go crazy on how I'm supposed to control everything, but rather that God is in control and we're just supposed to look to him and, and go through his plan and not what our plan is ourselves. That's awesome. And, you know, I think one thing that I want to hear, I, I, I want listeners to hear is that it seems, at least from our standpoint, that your identity isn't in being a professional baseball player, that you find your identity in the Lord. Because I think one thing, you know, everyone's athletic career comes to an end at some point. You know, and for somebody like yourself who you've been playing baseball probably as long as you can remember, you know, it's it's very easy to have our identities tied up in what we do because of our the recognition we receive, the attention we get, and all of those things. And then when that gets taken from us or when that comes to an end, we're in this search for who are we. And it sounds like, at least from, you know, hearing you talk, you know exactly who you are. You're a child of God, you know. And so um, is that something that you've navigated through? Is that something you've grown into? Um, Yeah, so I feel like um, that's definitely come, I mean, from my, like, talking to my parents and, my like, my mother and father and, like, being able to, like, know that, like, hey, maybe my plan, God is using baseball in my life to reach out to people. And, like, everyone has different platforms. Like, some guys, it's sports. Some guys, it's it's um, like acting or some guys just to build your platform so you can reach more people in a positive way and be able to share your story about why you think you made it where you are and, and 
how God has helped you um, through all these situations. So I feel like that's not my identity. Baseball is not my identity, but using that platform, God wants me to use that platform, hopefully to be like famous one day to be able to reach way more people and reach way younger kids and to show them that like, hey, look, like, yeah, I worked really hard and and yeah, I am where I am today, but it's not all because of, of all the things that I've done. Like it's because of, of God's grace over me and his plan for me and how he's forgiven me of, of my sins and all that stuff I feel like is is going to be the, the bigger plan. Just get, being able to have that bigger platform to reach kids um, to hopefully bring them to God one day. Yeah, that's that's good, Richard. Let me say one thing, you know, as you were talking there, you know, I don't know that, uh, you know, as my understanding of Scripture, that God would uh, bring this tor- torn labor on you uh, or to teach you something. But I would say this, we live in a, we live in a fallen world and things happen. You know, people get injured, people have car accidents, certain, you know, just stuff happens. But I think more importantly is our response to it. That's what makes a difference. The difference between the achiever and the underachiever is his uh, perception of and his response to whatever happens. And so I just love to hear you, you know, what you're saying there is you're responding by continuing to trust the Lord and know that he's got a plan for your life and he's got a platform for you to stand on and many people are going to be affected not only as a professional baseball player but as who you really are as you continue to grow and mature and get a greater and a broader platform so i just appreciate that but i said just keep in mind again that it's really our in in all areas in our life it's responding to whatever the situation or circumstance is it's not what happens to us it's how we it's what we do when it happens and so as a professional athlete, as a college athlete, I know as a, as a college football player, as a football coach for uh, many years, it, it's not all sunshine and roses. Uh, but, if, but when things go sour, it's really uh, people are watching you, people are watching me, see how are we going to respond to that. And uh, that's, what, that's what draws people to you. Uh, but I appreciate your testimony, partner. Yeah, no, it's, yeah that's spot on. I mean – like I said, look like look at, at like Tim Tebow and how he's gone like yeah, through man. his his pathway. Like he didn't have a smooth road to anywhere that he he's gone, but he's like oh. responded in the right way and like been able to use his platform to reach like the world and show him that like, hey, I'm not doing this alone. Like God's on my side and yeah. God has helped me get through all this. Yeah, and you're doing it as well, right there in Arizona. There's many people around you are watching and they're being affected by how you respond every day to uh, your setback. Yep. Coach mentioned Arizona and for our listeners, why don't you just update them and say and, and share with them kind of where you stand right now, what's going on, uh, what, what does life look like for you right now? Okay, so like uh, with my rehab schedule now, I wake up at about eight. Um, I head to the field. I have breakfast, and then right now, um, I'm about five weeks in, five weeks out of surgery. Um, so I have a, a couple more exercises that we started to do now that um, my mobility is getting back and my strength is getting um a lot better than a couple weeks ago. So like, then I go in the training room. I'll put a heat back on. I'll bike, and then I'll come in. And start doing like my mobility stuff um, with the train with the athletic trainers, um, moving my arm around, doing some strength exercises like resistant bands, um, like little wrist weights, like stuff like that, just to get 
um, some like light, all light stuff right now um, to get my shoulder strength and my mobility back. And then I pretty much just go do a leg day, like a leg workout, um, which I can do uh, that doesn't involve any upper body. And then I usually go home, um, either cook dinner, pretty much cook lunch, cook dinner. And then obviously before I go to sleep, um, I always read my Bible. Um, I usually read through uh, the plans in a Bible app. Um, and then I make my decision on like which plans I'm doing based on like what I'm going through and like in my current time. And, uh, so I feel like that, that's, that's my typical day here. Um, it's a lot different than when in the season, but like I said before, it's, it's a process. Um, and, and hopefully, um, trusting in God, um, that this will be brought out and will be successful and help me develop um, things that I didn't even think I needed to develop. That's great. And if we have any single ladies listening here, I hope you just heard. Richie, I don't know if you have a girlfriend or not or if you're married, but here is a man who loves the Lord, Coach, and he cooks. Yes, amen. (laughs) And I I tell you, unfortunately, my wife only got half of that when we got married. I love the Lord. I can't cook, but I love the Lord. And so, uh, yeah, so we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the – Line- the baseball lineage in your family and how your dad played professional baseball, your uncle played professional baseball, and now your brother's playing professional baseball. And we, you know, like I said, we have a lot of athletes that listen to the podcast. And how valuable has that been to have these guys that, you know, your brother's there right now, but just to bounce ideas off of, or, you know, when we're going through adversity, when we're in a slump, you know, how valuable has it been to have those guys as resources? Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally it's like um, on this level for me. I mean, I feel like first, like having my uncle that played like major league baseball, like he's always in contact with us, like telling us like how how easily you can get distracted and like the things to do and the things not to do and what your work ethic should be, how you should be taking care of your body, like all this sort of thing, all these things that he's like pouring into us that. We obviously listen to because we know that he made it to that level. And then my father who made it to um high in the minor leagues. He he goes through his his um his process and how he went about it and like knowing that he worked extremely hard and did everything he possibly can and it didn't work out and he just doesn't sit there like sour about it, but he knows that like he put everything he could into it and it didn't work out. So he has like no regrets like f- for the rest of his life. And then like having my brother and like he's just going through the process now and he's at higher levels than me. So he's telling me what to look for, um, like how I should go about my business and stuff. But it's also like going back to my father, like literally when I'm in a slump, like that's, that's the first guy that I go to because he's the one that like taught us how to hit from, from the age of like two years old. So like texting him like, dad, what do you think I'm doing? Like, can you come like to Ohio or wherever I am? And, can we work like a couple of days so I can, I can figure this out. And, and it's funny because so it always pans out the right way. Um, but yeah, I mean, having those people has just been crazy helpful to me and knowing that like, like, again, that I'm not going through this alone, but I have people that have gone through it and are going through it that I can help that can help me each and every day. That's invaluable. That's invaluable. Well, Richie, I truly appreciate it. We're now going to transition into one of my favorite segments, and that's called Eli Wants to Know. Now, Richie, let me just set the scene for you for what just happened here uh, where we hold this podcast, okay? 
So my son, Eli, and this is no lie. This I'm setting the scene for you. I'm setting the scene for our listeners. My son is in baseball pants right now, okay, because that's the attire 24-7, 365 days a year. Yeah. And literally, uh. he just got done stretching and taking three practice swings, just air practice swings, okay? This kid is obsessed <laughs> with baseball, and he's going to bring that passion to this question it's going to be a question all of America wants to know. Richie, are you ready to hear what Eli has to say? Yes, I am so ready, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Eli, you're on. How does it feel to hit a grand slam? Oh, my gosh. What a question, Eli. Um, yeah, grand slam is, is pretty awesome. I mean, you're literally your heart's beating super fast. Like, you're just so happy that you're able to help your team like so much with just one swing. So like grand slam is, is literally so awesome. So um, Eli keep practicing. I hope you hit one of those pretty soon. All right, Eli. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Eli. Thank you, Richie for answering it. And we have one last question. Uh, I'm sorry, one last segment before we let you go, and it's called the three and out. And it's a segment that we carry over from show to show, and it's just kind of a lighthearted three questions that we like to ask our guests just to get to know them a little bit, let our listeners get to know them a little bit more. Um, And so here they are. What is the last book that you read? Okay, last book I've read. um, See, I'm I'm into like like things, like books that I can directly like affect like me so i guess the last book i read um was called self-branding pays and it was literally just like teaching um me like ways that i could brand myself better and like reach reach more people and that all goes back to how we were saying like just like trying to get my platform like raise my platform to be able to reach more people to share my story so that's that's the last book i read called self-branding pays okay and do you know who that's by I forgot, but <laughs> that's okay. We'll we'll look it up on Amazon. We'll look it up on Amazon. So you're on a road trip. What are you listening to? Okay, my uh, my favorite rapper um, is actually a rapper that's Christian Christian rapper Lecrae. He's always on the radio. Um, well, I'm definitely have him as my walk up song usually um, when I walk up to the plate. And then when I'm on the road, like, I love listening to Lecrae. He's he's really good. All right. And then our last question, they're making a movie about your life. Who plays you? Who plays me? Whew. Sheesh, that's a, that's a pretty hard one. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, okay, I'm, I'm going with this. I'm going with Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Because of how good and intense he is in the Creed movies, and I feel like he makes the movie so much better. So I feel like, hey, he might make my movie really, really good based <laughs> on the intensity and and how realistic he makes it. So I'm going with Michael B. Jordan. All right, Michael B. Jordan, if you listen to this podcast, be ready for, for a call from Hollywood. Amen. <laughs> well Richie we just want to thank you for taking time to uh, just come on with us and share all the things that God has done God continues to do and just uh, what we're believing God will do in the future and so we're excited to continue to follow along uh, your journey with you and your brother's journey and just be praying alongside you guys for quick healing and recovery and that um, 
God will continue to use you guys and that you'll be obedient to the calling that God's putting on your heart. Amen. 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 I appreciate you guys so much uh, for being on here. I had a great time and I'm just glad, uh, glad to be here. Well, thank you, Richie. That was an awesome testimony. We're so thankful uh, for him joining us. We hope his recovery from his shoulder injury is quick and that he completely heals and is ready to play here shortly. But, Coach, now we're going to jump into one of my favorite segments, Coach's Corner. You always have wisdom to drop on us. And so uh, what's the Lord been, been putting on your heart this week? Well, Mike, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, if we can get maybe one or two things that, you know, as you're hearing that you might be able to apply to your life, you might be able to embrace it. Uh, so I'm just reading this morning, and it's interesting as I was reading Scripture, First uh, John five fourteen and 15 says uh, that, you know, if we pray according to God's will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we have every petition we request of him. So it's interesting if we pray according to his will. So I was just kind of looking at that. And, you know, one of the most effective things a coach can do for his players and coaches is to pray for them. You know, I'm just thinking of my career and all the guys that I've had and all the guys, coaches that I've had and so on and so forth. And I was thinking, you know, Lord, maybe I missed that from time to time, but maybe one of the most effective things a coach can do for his players and his coaches is to pray for them. Usually we pray, when we pray in sports, we usually pray things like that maybe nobody would get hurt uh, or we pray that everyone would be able to do their best today or tonight. And those are good prayers. Nothing wrong with that. I think, uh, you know, God's fine with that. Um, but I think God wants us to have the confidence. And that's what he says in, in 1 John. This is a confidence that we have if we ask anything according to his will. See, and I think this is what he wants us to have. He wants us to have the confidence to go deeper, to pray the prayers that land directly in the center of God's will and pray for those entrusted to us to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You see, a coach who is following Christ may be the only Christian that those around him come in contact with. And as a result of that, a Christian coach may be the only person who is praying for the salvation of the men and women in their program. See, Scripture tells us that our prayers please God. He's actually pleased when we look to him and we petition him. See, our prayers go up before God, the Bible says, as incense as, or as a sweet fragrance. See, whether our title is head coach or maybe an assistant coach, God has placed us strategically in our various schools and programs. And one of his purposes is that we identify with the work of Christ and make intercession for those who are unbelievers. See, when you pray for the salvation of others, you're praying according to God's will. Second Peter 3, nine. And Scripture promises us, God's Word promises us, that when we pray in this fashion, God hears us. In the book of James, James says the intense prayers of a righteous person is very powerful. So as coaches and players, let's be intentional, right? Let's take a couple minutes out of every day and pray for those on our team. As a coach, we have a platform that very few people have. We have an opportunity every day to make a difference in somebody's life. And uh, 
And if we choose to, see, that's the optimal word. If we choose to, we can make a difference and we can purposely, we can intentionally pray for our coaches, pray for our players, regardless of my position on the totem pole. I don't have to be the head coach. I can be anywhere on the totem pole and I can pray because, again, the Bible says the prayers of a righteous man, meaning righteous just means a person who believes in the lordship and deity of Jesus Christ. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. So let's think about that, take that to heart, and let's intentionally pray for those entrusted to us. Coach, that's awesome. I appreciate it. We are so thankful uh, just for the constant wisdom that, that you pour out. And, and coaches, I hope you take that next step. And don't just hear what Coach is saying, but let's take that those words and put them into action. And I think then we'll start to see some incredible only God stories happen from that. And so we're so thankful for you joining us this week. Until next week. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by. Hello, this is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo, inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tour's Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.